Everybody, it's time again for another Scaring is Sharing. Beep, 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 and it's episode 50. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. It's the place where we share our scares. Yeah, with each other and you and our one. We have guests today, but we're going to get to them in just a second. Isn't that nice? Yes, it really is. You're Jeremy the Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And you're Brandy Joe, the flaming scream queen clambeck. And I didn't mess your name up this time. <laughs> <laughs> the flamiest. Well, we'll La- see. Last Maybe. week I called you Blandy Joe. <laughs> you did. It was which, really sad. Which I keep wanting to say now. I don't know what's going on, but okay. you are Brandy Joe, not Blandy Joe. Blandy yeah. Joe, I feel like, should be a new character you do. Um. So I can't believe we've almost been doing this a year. That's insane. I got fucking say. crazy, but it's very cool. And I'm happy to be here with you. And it's better to just talk into the void about horror movies than at my wife because she gets <laughs> sick of it. So same it's with my husband. I yeah. Got so that's why we have each other. So I know before we get into our very special guests, um, I know you said that there's something you wanted to talk about. So really quick off the top, uh, first off, friend of the podcast, elite friend of the podcast, Ethan got married yesterday as we're yes. recording. Happy wedding, uh, Ethan. So happy wedding, Ethan. Uh, and while Ethan was getting married, I was at DTE seeing Slipknot, uh, one of my all-time favorite bands. I'm a big wow. metalhead. Yeah, you uh, are. And I posted that a picture on my social medias, and I saw that both Ethan and other elite friend of the podcast, uh, Teacher Drew, both liked the picture. So I was thinking, is Teacher Drew a secret metalhead? Maybe not so secret. Do we not know he's a metalhead? But I, I'm going to venture and say he's not a metalhead. But Teacher Drew, write us and let us know. Write us and let us know. But it begs the question. To me, my love of horror and horror movies has always gone hand in hand with music, with metal. Because uh, at the time I was really getting into horror movies in high school as a teenager, I was also getting into bands like uh, Slipknot, Rob Zombie, like heavy bands that have... Creed. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. But heavy bands that have like a, a horror aesthetic to them that goes right mm. in with horror movies. So there was always an overlap for me between the music I was listening to and the movies I wanted to watch. So is there anybody else out there like that listening? That's what I want to know, because we've talked about, you know, books and, you know, other mediums mixing with horror, but not really the music aspect. So I want to know. Oh, I think you've talked about metal like at least three times. Oh, yeah, I've talked about I've talked about metal, but I've never been explicit like that. I'm going all right. Full force with it. Anybody, Teacher Drew, Ethan, you want to write in and talk about your experiences, metal and uh, or music in general and horror and the connection. I want to hear about it. Well, as much as I love talking about this aspect, Jeremy. <laughs> That's why I'm putting <laughs> it out there to the fans. Oh my God. Now I want to get to our very special guests, our VSGs. We have some really cool guests on the show. For our 50th, we wanted it to be like the ultimate. We've had lots of really great guests, but today we have not one, but two, which is a first for us. And they're incredibly cool. They're from a, a podcast that we admire very much that is on the same network as us that is called Detroit Strange. And we have Alex and Jess here with us. Hello. Hi. Hello. So happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It is 
so exciting to have you both here. Now, Jess, you and I and Jeremy have all communicated via many a Zoom meeting over mm -hmm. the past year or so. Actually, it's been more maybe like eight months or so, but Alex and I actually met in the flesh yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I came on down to Ferndale Pride and saw Brandon Joe. Yep, it was very exciting. I turned around, there was a very tall gentleman standing there with these heart glasses and said, hello. And as soon as I heard his voice, I knew because I've listened to Detroit Strange. So I was very excited to meet Alex. It was a very, very cool experience. Like meeting a celebrity. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> I was just uh, so happy I found you. I walked around like outside, like up and down a couple of times and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to try and affirmations. And if he's not in there, I guess I'll just go home. And then there you were. So I was so happy. I <laughs> like the last place I've checked, of course, but I found you and you're doing some fun sorting going on. Some smart, some braves. Yeah, we were doing like a gay sorting hat for our Potter parody play. I legally can't say his name exactly. A certain boy wizard is another way we can talk about it. <laughs> yes. But we're doing a show called Puffs. So we had a sorting hat that would sort people into um, we had a PG 13 and a G rating. So it was either the Braves, the Smarts, the Puffs, or the Snakes, or Griffin Whore, Slip It In, Raven White Claw, or Huff and Puff and Pass. Those were the PG 13 houses. I love those. <laughs> so, Jess and Alex, please tell us a little bit about Detroit Strange. But before you do, we wanted you on because A, you're very cool and your podcast rocks. And B, of all the podcasts on the Planet Amp Podcasting Network, you seem like the best puzzle piece fit with us in regards to what you cover. So would you tell us and the listeners a little bit about your podcast, please? Yeah. First of all, we have also talked about that and also decided that y'all fit as a puzzle piece in ours too. So <laughs> yes, well done. Our podcast is basically, we just both like history and kind of putting research projects on ourselves, basically. Oh, yeah. And kind of learning the unknown stuff, the stuff that, you know, you don't necessarily hear all the time. And Detroit's such an interesting city. So we put that together and made a podcast. Yeah. 109 episodes to date, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Still blows my mind that we've gotten that far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've been doing it over two years. You started in 2019, I think, like in yeah. July. So you've been yeah. going at it. Yeah, yeah. We just celebrated our 100th episode a little bit ago, and that was super exciting for us as a, you know, just a milestone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you two know each other? We actually met on a sketch show, a student sketch show at Planet Ant. I was one of the writers, and we cast Jess in the show, and so got to know her really well then, and then... I think just like sometime after that, we were at brunch together and I was like, I want to do a podcast, but I don't have any ideas. And Jess was like, I have an idea, but I don't have a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of just was a serendipitous moment that mm -hmm. <laughs> started that. Yeah. Like all great things started at brunch. I'm not going to lie to you. One time during that show, Alex made some snickerdoodle cookies and they were hands down the best ones I've ever had in my life. Oh. And I knew we would be friends. I love a good cookies. snickerdoodle. Mm. Yes. I do make a mean snickerdoodle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so who came up with like the idea for the podcast and the name, which is great. So good. I think both Jess. I know she, she had the name, which I loved. And it was her idea. And we just kind of, once she told me, I was like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So what? 
one thing you do on your podcast, and I see everyone taking sips of their drink, is you have like sort of a, a cocktail. Sometimes you have the same one and sometimes it's different. I guess the pandemic has sort of changed that around because you're in separate places and things. But I made um, a very special cocktail in honor Ooh, of, although for me it's a mocktail because I'm a sober boy. And I think Jeremy did too. And yeah, I, I, I also don't drink, so I have my <laughs> non-alcoholic sparkling apple cider for the Ooh. autumnal seasons so i named mine appropriate the naughty name and we'll get to that <laughs> a little later because we do talk about the name rouge but mine is some crushed up blueberries and then i have a soda stream i normally just drink it like straight up sparkling water but i put some ginger ale flavoring and a little bit of kool-aid cherry flavoring in it as well Ooh. it's like a syrup so it's that like a delicious. cherry. I know. I want that. Can you can you run one of those over to me <laughs> or all of us? It really just kind of tastes like sparkling Kool Aid. It's, it's fine. It's not all that great. <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty. But Alex, I see you sipping something. Are you drinking a cocktail? And what is it? Uh, I am actually just having some water right now. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> I lie I to like us. But I know. Make it's, something it's, up really cool right now. I mean, it's like extra funny because like my water cup says this is probably a cocktail on it, and it's always water. <laughs> but uh, I was actually at the Renaissance Festival early today and had uh, quite a couple of beers and meads then. So mm. I was like, I'm gonna have water for the show. <laughs> Are you like on the way down now? Like in regards to no, that? No, I'm pretty good. I came home. I took a nap. Okay. Just, like, oh, there you go. He's recharged. Yeah, exactly. And Jess, are you drinking anything? I just have water right now. Oh um, my gosh. All right. <laughs> we we did this all for you guys and look what you did. No, I love it though. It's so nice. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I love both the drinks. Both very seasonally appropriate, mm-hmm. it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I love mocktails. I make mocktails for my roommate who doesn't drink all the time. They're That's so fun. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be like just a couple years back, it used to be not much of a market for mocktails, it seemed like. And now all of a sudden it's blowing up. So I love it. So it's easier to find cool shit at bars now when you're not drinking. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. lot. Have you ever heard of, I just, dis- well, I discovered this a few months ago, but there's something called liquid death water that they sell. Yes, I've liquid death. It. I love it. I love it. Is it it's good? Just water. It's, it's just water. water. <laughs> But I'm a sparkling, they have a sparkling variety and I'm a oh, sparkling okay. water maniac and I, I love their sparkling water. So, oh yeah. But they sell also just flat water in a can, but yeah. it looks like can. an adult beverage. So I understand it's like, the upside is the aluminum is better than plastic for the okay. environment. Mm-hmm. So that would be the selling point of drinking liquid death is because it comes in a can. It's just such a metal name. That Speaking too. They, they are they are marketing to people like me. Like you will see it at metal shows, metal festivals. Like, and they got me. I was like, yeah, I want to drink that. Like, of course. I mean, it's also got a giant skull on the front of it. So it does. Yeah, hell, hell yeah. So I'm like, yep, cool. I'll drink it. And so if you've ever listened to our podcast all the way through, you might also recognize Jess's voice because Jess, I am correct. You are the voice that says, this has been a production of Planet App Podcast powered by Pinecast. <laughs> I sure am. <laughs> um, I don't really know how that happened, but somehow I was told that I was going to do that and said, okay. So on our show, it's kind of like, you know, it's like The Shining. You've always been here. Like <laughs> yeah. she's always been with yeah. us. <laughs> I know Jeremy and I sort of talked a little bit about this yesterday, but what are some of the creepiest episodes you've had of your show? Like, I know you've covered a variety of like creepy topics. It's not always, sometimes it is just history and strange, weird things, Mm -hmm. but what are some of the creepiest 
scariest whatever. Yeah. I can go first if you want. I've got one in my mind. Yeah, go first. The Detroit Occult Murders kind of has stuck with me. It's a very early episode of ours, but basically this guy, I think his name was uh, Benny Evangelista. He and his family were found inside their home. They were all murdered in some capacity. He was sitting at his desk, though, and his head was on the ground next to his foot when they found him. Oh, and boy. yeah, his wife was upstairs with their their 18th month old or something like that in her arms. And then the children were all in their beds and they were all just somehow murdered. It is still a technical cold case, I guess, to this day. It was never solved. But then they went into his basement and it turned out that he was like studying the occult, quote mm-hmm. unquote, you know. OK, uh, I sometimes have problems with that word because it's largely misused. And this is in the I don't know, this is a long time ago, so. I'm sure it was largely mm-hmm. misused at the time, but he was reading like a bunch of books and things that people weren't comfortable with, we'll say at the time. And it's just, it's very weird. It happened over on a, what is it? St. Aubin street. The house has since been torn down, uh, but like very close to the Eastern market area. And okay. I don't know. It just, it stuck with me in a very like, huh? Like there definitely had to be some spookies after that around that area and there there was like rumored to be some stuff so just such Mm. a horrible story yeah it also makes me think if i'm ever found dead though they'll immediately be like look at his books like clearly he was into (laughs) the some satanic ritual or something because you know that's the thing when police are like look what what he was what he was reading it's always like a so like a lot of people have bizarre interests and bizarre books so i think that's why it stuck with me though too is like i was like it is again such a like largely misused word like a cult like covers so much territory and it has a negative connotation, but like it's not necessarily negative stuff. You know, it it can be just different things or like you don't think like everybody else or you're spiritual or, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so I think it just stuck with me in that way of like, huh, interesting. Like, wow, people are like really um, just accused of certain things for having a different way of thinking. hmm. I know you talked about witchcraft on one of the episodes I listened to as well, which I mean, it all goes back to that same sort of thing. Like people were just accusing people that they didn't like of things just to, you know, have them hung or put a a bunch of stones on their chest or whatever. Like the ways that they they were killed were just like so horrible. But and then, Alex, you did one about a cemetery downtown. I think it was downtown. that was like really creepy. Yeah, uh, I think it was. Elmwood? It wasn't the Woodmere Cemetery. I'm trying to think. It was El- Elm- Elmwood. Elm- Elmwood. Yeah, Elmwood Cemetery. That one was really interesting because there's like uh, a gravestone. I think I talked about there that like came from Italy and it sank not once but twice on its way to Detroit. And so I just like cursed. It's cursed. It's got to be cursed. <laughs> you know, it took down two boats yeah. and just apparently you can hear it, hear voices coming from it at night. So. That that's a that was a great Uka spook. I just love that just like not once but twice this thing sank a ship. Yeah, that is definitely some cursed shit right there. Oh, for sure. So tell us a little bit about what what is your relationship with horror movies? I feel like I know a little bit from Jess because we've talked about her in the past and she's inspired one of our episodes already. And we'll talk about that. <laughs> but I'm curious, what is your relationship to horror movies in general? I'd say my relationship is So when I was really young, I had like an older cousin type figure who would watch horror movies. Um, That's how I was first exposed to Chucky as like 
a very tiny human and was <laughs> scared of the My Buddy doll forever. Uh, just could not take those commercials, even though they were nice and friendly commercials. I would scream. Uh, and, <laughs> and then I remember watching a little bit older Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. And again, that just sticking with me. Uh, <laughs> like, could not get over that movie. And then I kind of forgot about it for a while because I was young when I saw both of those. And then in high school, I had a friend and she was really into horror movies. So we kind of went down all the classics, started getting into like some other ones. And it's kind of an off off and on relationship in my life. Like I get into a mood and I'll go and just watch a ton of horror movies or I haven't seen one in like a year or two. It's one or the other. (laughs) I don't know what that's like. So (laughs) pretty much a constant in my life. What about you, Alex? So I didn't watch a ton of horror movies growing up. Like I didn't really have any like older siblings or cousins that were super into horror or anything. I actually really didn't get too into the genre until college when I started working at a haunted house and that kind of like ignited my, Ooh, this scary stuff's kind of fun. Let me see what I can find. And I still don't watch a ton of horror because I get very anxious and live alone. And so I'm like, Horror movies, they got to be very, very well picked because like, sometimes I'll oh, like fucking um, black. Sorry, can we swear? Yeah. Oh, all you want. Okay. All you want. Okay. Just making sure. No, like sometimes I'll put on Black Mirror, which isn't like even specifically like super pure horror, but like it just gets me wound up so tight that like sometimes it's a, a genre I appreciate, but not super often firsthand. Do you have a favorite Black Mirror episode? I really like the um, one with like the video game chip they put on the back of his neck, mm-hmm. and like it, it's a, yeah, it's either like a horror game that's like augmented reality. It's so fucked up. Yeah, I love yeah. that episode. Yeah, and he's no. like he's like super cute too. The guy that plays yeah, that, that part. doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what are some of your favorites? Jess, the, t- you know the what, what I'm talking about that you inspired one of our episodes. You suggested it at one point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So this is my favorite because, again, I saw it with that high school friend and I couldn't get over it for like the rest of life because it's so ridiculous. Um, the Ice Cream Man. <laughs> First of all, Clint Howard just. He's one of the greatest actors of all time. Yes. <laughs> That's a strong statement. Also, I love that almost every person in that movie is wearing, or at least kid in that movie is wearing a pair of Converse for yes. some reason. Also, yes. when the main character loses weight, they've merely like removed a pillow from under his shirt that has clearly <laughs> been there the entire time. Uh huh. Oh my god. And heads on cones. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's an amazing movie. Just hands I wanted down there to ridiculous. be more of that of the ridiculousness because <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like it it could have gone further. And when there was a head on a cone, I'm like, yes, this is what I'm here for. I feel like Jess speaks to my aesthetic a little bit though because I do truly love terrible movies. Yeah. So it's like. Oh, yeah, just really bad horror movies are amazing to me. I love them. Can I mention one, though, another movie? Because I'm really excited about this. And Brandy Joe, this is actually one of your movies from your interviews when you were first starting up on the network. And yesterday, I actually watched this because I just found it on Hulu. I watched The Final Girls. Oh, and I loved it. I my God, so good. My roommate was like, annoyed with me because I was talking about it and trying to tell her how wonderful it was and amazing it was right afterwards. I was like, no, seriously, you don't understand. The cast is really good. The concept is really creative and interesting. 
I've never seen anything like it. I want to watch it again. Mm. Yeah, I've seen it it so many times and I cry every time, no matter how many times I've seen it. And I just think it's brilliant. And it's not super well known. I mean, but you're right. The cast is great. And just last episode, one of our elite VIPs or friends of the podcast, um, Teacher Drew, had just finally watched it for the first time. And I love spreading the news of the final girls because it (laughs) is just so good. It's clever. And you even if you're a little like if you're not like fond of scary movies, like it's the perfect blend of comedy and pathos and all sorts of stuff that you can you can enjoy it still. So that is amazing. And that is like some of the best news I've ever heard in my life right now. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, do you have some favorites? I do. Um, I do really like It Follows. Mm, yes. And local flair. Yes. I love the local flair. I love that also you can't really place it in a time period because like, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the, the living room will be very 70s. The car will be from the 80s. Like they'll have some weird like future nonsense tech in their hands. So it's like, I'm not sure when this is happening, um, which is one thing I really like about that movie. Uh, also, I don't know. I think this counts, but whatever happened to Baby Jane? Ah, yes, classic cult. Cult classic, whatever. It can be both. Right. Whatever happened to Baby Jane, I just... I love it like it can't be scary. And I think that's very much that, especially like um, Betty Davis when she has like the makeup and the dress and the curly kid's wig on. And just... uh, It's just like... Creepy and campy at the same time. That's that's my sweet spot with horror movies. Is yes. if it, I can find the camp in it, I'll love it. We did a parody at the Ringwald a long time, maybe close to ten years ago, called "Whatever Baby Jane." <laughs> and on the cover, it was like my husband Joe, like doing like the the clueless whatever, and it was amazing. It was him and Richard Payton, who's just brilliant as like the the Joan Crawford part. And oh man, whatever baby Jane is just so good. Cause there are some like Betty Davis is really creepy in it, but it's also just so outrageous. And Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't watch feud. Did you watch feud? I did not. I like never really had like the right, like subscription services when it was happening to watch it. And I just like, it's one of those shows that like, I feel like I just kind of missed it when it happened. I'd love to see it, but again, I kind of just think it's, I don't think to watch it until like someone brings it up in this instant. Like, oh yeah, feud! I need to actually watch that because it looked. I mean, I love the Ryan Murphy shows mm-hmm. like that. See, and I was just gonna say I have some Ryan Murphy fatigue. I think he's I, I'm Doing not a little a too ha- much, a little too much, and I'm not gonna say a hack, but like I'm like okay, like he just seems so full of himself. Now, listening to your podcast, I, I've definitely told Jeremy, I'm like, I'm an Alex and you're a Jess, even though Jess and I are the ones who edit our podcast. And it may just be, be because Alex and I are both like gay, gay men. Um, but, but I also listening, I'm like, I definitely think I'm an Alex. So if I had a button maker, I would also be wearing a button right now that says I'm an Alex. Love that. <laughs> and I think you should market that. I think you should have some swag that you sell that says I'm an Alex and I'm a Jess. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. I, do that. I do that too with duos. I'm like, which one of those? Like, which one of the duo? And I like think about that with me and Jess sometimes. Like, like I watch a lot of Trixie and Katya. I'm like, which one must be the Trixie? And which one would be the Katya? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and Jess... I'm pretty sure I know who's the Trixie and who's the Katya. Okay, who do you think? I'm interested now. <laughs> oh, Ooh. you're definitely. I would say you're definitely the Trixie because you always come up with the good quips, like the fast, like. Hi, I'm the countertop specialist who loves cult movies, Granite Janet. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. I'll and take I, that. I'm, That's kind of what I was thinking too. I'm a little darker. You're the witchy one too. Yes. Yes. See, it works. It works. Yes. It works. I was going to say it's a similar vibes as to why Brandy Joe's like, and you're the Jess because you are enthusiastic and <laughs> your bubbly personality. And also we're a little bit messed up apparently. So. <laughs> but in the loveliest die. of ways. In the loveliest yeah. of ways. The yes. best of ways. Yeah. So I have one other question before we dive into our, our film selections. Have either of you ever seen a ghost? If you've talked about it on your show, I have not listened to all episodes and I'm sure you must have, but I must know that. I mean, I have. Um, and I don't think I've talked about it on our show. I talked about it as a guest on a show that, that I don't think ever came out. So this oh. might be first time exclusive. Exclusive, yes. <laughs> yes. When I was about, I don't know, sometime in middle school, I stayed with a friend at a cabin that she and her mom had stayed at. And this friend was like my everything ooky spooky friend because her mom was into a lot of stuff. Like she tried doing like a past life regression on me at one point. She had told me about like her paranormal experiences, like all that kind of stuff. And they told me that this this specific cabin that they stayed at, that they would rent from time to time, was haunted. And I was like, okay, interesting, cool. So I went to stay there. And the way it would set up is there was a basement. It was one of those old cabins. So like the there was like springs on the door. So if you like open the door a little bit and like let it go, it would like slam shut. Mm-hmm. And then there was kind of like the main level with two bedrooms and a lofted area above it. So you walk up the stairs. This is actually pertinent to the story. So I promise I'm telling you for a reason. <laughs> and in the middle of the night, so there's two beds upstairs in this lofted area. My friend and I are sleeping. Her mom is downstairs in one of the bedrooms, like directly below us. In the middle of the night, we heard that door slam shut. And it was definitely like closed because you can't keep that kind of door open. So mm-hmm. it slammed shut. We all three woke up. And I know this because you could see the light in her mom's room go on immediately and go, girls, are you okay? And we both looked at each other. We're like, we're okay. And so they had been through this before. We're cool with it. I don't know. They went back to sleep. I did not because there's no, no way. Fuck no. So I'm sleeping mostly with my covers, not sleeping. I'm laying mostly with my covers over my face the rest of the night. And at one point I heard something like some sort of creaky noise. And so I took them down a little bit and I will admit I wear glasses. My vision's not hundred percent great, but I looked over at the top of the stairs, like where the loft started and there was some sort of figure that was like a uh, I don't want to say white but just like a different color than the room that I could like notice that was standing there and then I just immediately went under the covers and the rest of the night did not come out until it was daytime uh, because I I could not no that is horrifying and I got little little hair standing up all over my neck that is frightening it yes I mean it definitely like solidified some things for me (laughs) Because I've been like into stories at that point, but never had any kind of experience. And after experiencing that, I'm like, oh, 100%. 100%. Because no believe. matter whether it was a ghost or if there was literally someone standing yes. there, <laughs> exactly. it is creepy as fuck either I don't way. want either. I don't want no. either. Sure. Fuck no. That is horrifying. <laughs> Alex, do you have something to top that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can top that, um, but... I like I don't I don't know if I've necessarily had any experience of like me literally seeing a ghost, but the haunted house I used to work at was haunted, Ooh, which I know oh, sounds dumb, yeah. but like because it was in this like patch of wood at this back it was like this weird like patch of woods at the back of this farm, and everything ran off of generators, 
And there'd be times where we'd walking through, there was like eight or nine buildings on the trail and like the, all the power, there would be no, absolutely no power there. And like, you would just see one of the animatronics going or like something would trigger that shouldn't have triggered. No. And I think it's because one of the buildings on the trail was like this old, like little one room shack. And it came from the church that was across the street from the haunted house. And it was actually the building where they would keep all the dead bodies over winter when the ground was too hard to bury them. So like, for some reason they were like, you know what? That building could be reused for this haunted house. And so I think that's like the source of all of the ooky spookiness. Cause mm-hmm. like everything else is just like trailer tractors and like, you know, just like a bunch of nonsense. And like, that's like the only like actual building. And it's just, it seems like no matter if the power's on or not, there's animatronics going in that building. And it's, was spooky i did not like being out in those woods alone no yeah that is eerie yeah i don't think either of us have right jeremy i know i haven't well my rotary rascal story yes 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 your rotary rascal story our thought we thought we saw a monster (laughs) me and my friends and yet running at us in the woods in the uh park uh i grew up in livonia um and in livonia there's rotary park which has like a big a uh, huge nature trail in it. Uh, it's still like smack dab in the middle of the suburbs. It's just this wooded nature trail, which is pretty cool. But, you know, you used to go in there after dark to hang out as teenagers. Uh, and we were in there one time and we were just like, wouldn't it be crazy if we saw something out here? And then like seconds later, this figure is running like out of the woods towards us. And we didn't stick around to see if it was a person or what. Um, but I will say it didn't make any noise or anything like that. So we thought paranormal, obviously a ghost, because it was just on us right like in seconds and we couldn't make out any features or anything. And we got the hell out of there. So <laughs> but we started calling it the rotary, the rotary rascal and started spreading it around school that there was a monster in the woods and everybody. It turned into a local legend for a minute. <laughs> I love that. I love for that too. Yeah. Rotary <laughs> rascal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I also just remember, too, at, at the concert I was at last night, I was with my good buddy uh, who I lived with for uh, like five years in my single days uh, in an apartment building in Livonia again. Uh, and in that apartment, before we got it, we had asked, uh, you know, about the history of the apartment building because they were like, it's a brand new building. Nobody's living in it. And we're like, oh, did you just build it? Whatever in there. And they were like, no, actually it burnt down a couple of years ago, the whole building. And we just rebuilt it. And I was like, did anybody die in the fire? And they're like, well, some people died when they got to the hospital that were in the fire. But uh, we were talking about it and we were pretty sure that it was haunted. And we just tried to like ignore it because at night, sometimes our door handle would like jiggle like Mm-mm. the door was locked and somebody was coming oh, no. trying to come in at night and I would like run out in the hallway and there's nobody out there uh and that we both had lots of instances of like you feel like someone's behind you or you like noticed somebody and there's no one there like in the five years we lived there so afterwards I'm like it was pretty I think it was haunted as hell and we just tried to ignore it the whole time we lived there were braver than I would. I would have been like, yeah. nope, what is my lease up? Let me get the hell out of here. I would have been like, more, more. I want more experiences. I kind of did sometimes. I was like, where are you? Come out. But it never, never more than just that fleeting like feeling like I just saw somebody like walk by or something and then there's no one there. And you're like, am I just going crazy or did it actually happen? So, 
Well, typically on our show, Jeremy and I meet, we talk horror, we assign each other a movie, and then we come back later in the week and talk about it. But we kind of went into this episode knowing what we were going to talk about, so we decided in advance what movies we were going to do, which mm-hmm. you know, you know, by probably clicking play on this episode what they are. But the theme overall is Devil's Night, which is a Detroit tradition. We wanted to sort of merge the ideas of what Detroit Strange does and what we do with scaring and sharing and sort of pick two movies that fit into that so you have not done devil's night on your show have you no we haven't covered it no i don't think so (laughs) no yeah we we did Samhain, which i learned how to pronounce after the episode what is that it's 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 not sam hain yep i definitely uh, spelt spent the entire halloween episode calling it sam hain (laughs) what is that uh, it's like the pagan version of Halloween that was like bef- like the precursor yeah. to Halloween. Come on, Brandy Joe. Dr. Loomis says it a bunch in the Halloween movies. You've seen <laughs> him way says, more than I have. He says Sam Hain. He keeps calling it <laughs> Sam Hain, Donald Pleasant. So yeah. it's actually Samhain. Now yeah. you have done another episode where you do cover something in the second movie we'll talk about today. So we yeah. may be relying on some of your knowledge there um, yeah. in regards to that. But in, in regards to Devil's Night, Jeremy, you did some research and I, I read a couple of articles as well. Do you want to give the brief rundown of what Devil's yeah, Night is? I mean, it, it's kind of funny how they, I feel like there's not a ton about the concept other than... So Devil's Night is like the local Detroit name that was applied to this phenomenon. And it was funny too, because uh, I went to school at Grand Valley in the Grand Rapids area. And I kind of took for granted that Devil's Night is like, it's the night before Halloween. It's like a mischief night. And then I get out to Grand Rapids. And I'm like, come on guys, it's Devil's Night. Let's go do something. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like all these non-Detroit, you know, area people. So I, that's when I first learned, oh, it's a Detroit thing. I had no idea. I thought it was just like a worldwide thing that Devil's Night is the night before Halloween. But anyway, Devil's Night in Detroit historically has been, uh, it's the night before Halloween, and there was historically a spike in criminal activity. Uh, Usually arsons is what it became known for. It's like the purge. It's like Detroit's purge. People would set fires. I guess what I could find is it possibly goes back to like the 40s, uh, early 20th century, where it started as a mischief night of people pulling pranks and doing stuff, and it seemed to just escalate over the years and i'm sure with detroit's history of you know riots and tensions and all kinds of things going on it probably just added to the like (laughs) the types of mischief that was happening got more extreme as the years went on and then in the 70s and especially the 80s was a spike in arsons it was all about arsons buildings on fire the city's skyline would glow at night it would get so bad so that's really devil's night guys and then it's kind of gone downhill there's that initiative i remember this when i was a kid was angels night mm-hmm. to combat it oh, where yeah. volunteers would go out and try and patrol this the streets and put out fires and stop people from starting them so yeah in 1984 i read that there were 800 fires reported on wow. Devil's oh wow night, which is crazy and then in 2017 there were only 21 fires reported so it definitely angels night came in to sort of tone things down a bit and take control, take back the night. And mm-hmm. and then they sort of try to reclaim it. And it's now not Angel's Night. I think they now call it Halloween in the D. Oh. <laughs> so, I'm like, that's Halloween, though. That's not yeah. the night before Yeah, just Halloween. wait till yeah. the, next, the next night is Halloween. Just wait. Oh, that's but a I do, neutral day. 
Yeah. It's not so, Devil's, not Angels. It's just... It's but just, yeah, to yeah. me, growing up, growing up, too, like, Devil's Night held such, like, weight, too, as this, like, dark, scary thing. Like, it was, you know, be careful and be be weary. Because, you know, it wasn't just contained to the city itself. It was, of course, spilled into the suburbs. And it oh, was yeah. all, you know, it got at its height. It got all over the place. So you're like, it's this scary night where anything could happen the night before Halloween. So... But yeah. really reading about it, I thought of the purge. Like it felt so much like Yes, the purge. it's very purge like, a little bit purge like for sure. Yeah, no, I remember growing up and being like, um, I also thought it was just a national, if not worldwide thing. I thought it was just part mm -hmm. of Halloween and was surprised to learn it was a local situation. But yeah, I remember it like knowing that bad things happen, but it, you know, I grew up in the suburbs and People would like smash pumpkins. There was just like a lot of smash pumpkins the next morning in general mm. and not really understanding like the whole situation as a child and then growing up and being like, oh, OK, now I understand why it was on the news. Now I, I, yeah. I get it. Yeah, because it always I, I remember my parents always carrying that like weight of, you know, what it used to be decades before, like mm. when they were younger, where it was like it was a little scarier. So another fun thing that y'all do on your podcast that I love is two truths and a lie. So I came up with one about Devil's Night that I'm going to pose your way. But Ooh, okay. if you have not checked out um, Detroit Strange already, if you haven't been sold, this is another fun thing they do, which is always just a, a delight, I find. So how you were talking about Detroit has Devil's Night, you are correct. But here's the two truths and a lie. So the first one, in Baltimore, they call it Moving Night, and it's marked by moving strangers' porch furniture around in the middle of the night. Number two, in Vermont and New Hampshire, it's traditionally been called Cabbage Night, where rotten vegetables are collected and left on porch stoops or smeared on doors and windows. Or... Number three, in Wyoming and Montana, it's called Barn Night. And on various farms, barns are repainted wacky and wild colors. Oh, this is a tough one. I think I have my guess. I have my guess. What's your guess, Alex? I was going to guess number three is the lie. Okay. I was also going to guess number three. <laughs> It's right. You guys are correct. I probably should have worded it better. <laughs> I was just like, painting's a lot of work. I wouldn't do this as a prank. Like, I don't know. And for me, I'm like, I'm not trying to do their chores for them. <laughs> I just had it. I'm from Wyoming. So I had to throw in a little Wyoming flair. And I don't know oh, anything yeah. they do the night before Halloween. So I don't think they do. They're just like maybe cow tipping, which isn't real. I don't know. I, I'm still confused by that. But but still, I thought cabbage night sounded particularly interesting to just take rotten vegetables and smear yeah. them on things. But it's much easier than painting. So you're right. <laughs> Yeah, the rotten vegetables. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'd be more upset about. My, por I guess I don't really have any porch furniture. I guess the vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are too smart for us. Or I just like, because I thought I'm usually pretty good at like balderdash, but I uh, didn't spend enough time here probably thinking about these to come up with a really good lie. It takes a minute to like, I, when you, uh, the lie is always the hardest part. Because like, oh, if you find such wacky stuff, you got to find that line of like, if I make it too wacky, it's obvious. But if I make it too mundane, then it's, you know. Again, it's obvious. A, it's a hard balance to strike. It is. Y'all are experts. Okay. Honestly, for me, too, the fact that people throw rotten vegetables, it just reminded me of eggs. And I was like, people are jerks. So I can definitely see people throwing rotten vegetables at other people's property. And mm -hmm. I mean, the furniture one, 
it's a lame prank, but also people are lame sometimes. So like, <laughs> I do appreciate a lame prank like that, though. Of just oh, yeah. like I'm moving everything just slightly to the left, just like the kind of prank that like doesn't really make a huge difference, but it does. Like you'll just drive someone slowly insane by just like I'm bumping into everything now. Why is everything so much to the left now? I mean, that's not a lame prank. That's like an evil prank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was a prankster in college. <laughs> I've kind of grown out of it, but it was I always was, just stuff I, like that. I was too. Yeah. I was too, but I was not patient enough for yours. Mine were immediate, like, <laughs> gratification, so. Oh, yeah. Some of them were, like, I, like, once also cut out, like, 50 pictures of Nicolas Cage and just hid them in my friend's things because she hated him. Oh my god! And so oh, it'd see, be I like love two that. months later, she opens a DVD. I love him so, watched, and she's just like, "I'd be it. so happy, right?" <laughs> <laughs> have you all like seen it. Mandy? Have you seen the movie Mandy? I have not. Oh, it is classic Nicolas Cage, and it is visually really fucking cool. It's creepy too, but it, it's just it's it's an amazing film. There's some great performances, and it just has a really awesome visual style, and it's like classic Nick Cage. I've heard it described as a psychedelic horror film. So yes. that's like the best description of it. And it's Nick Cage just going full cage. And it's yep. fantastic. Highly recommend it. All right. Well, let's talk about The Crow. Let's yeah. talk All right. About- we're doing the movies. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping for listeners, The Crow needs no introduction. I feel like this is a movie that has cast a long shadow over dark movies, angsty movies, edgy movies. So The Crow, directed by Alex Proyas, I believe. I don't know. I was trying to find interviews where the man said his name and I could not find any where he introduces himself. So I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, The tagline is Believe in Angels. And the description is exactly one year after young rock guitarist Eric Draven and his fiancee are brutally killed by a ruthless gang of criminals. Draven, watched over by a hypnotic crow, returns from the grave to exact revenge. Yes. So moody. Now, had either of you not seen this film before, like this week? I had not seen it. I was familiar with it, and i I knew I needed, or not needed, but I knew I wanted to watch it at some point. I know it has, you know, quite the following, and yeah, and it, of course the story of Brandon Lee, and, and you know, that the- too, which I actually forgot about until I was done watching it, and I was like, oh yeah, that's the movie that that whole thing happened with and it kind of hit me in a different way and i think that's why i maybe avoided it for a while just because that's such a heavy it feels a little weird story yeah yeah um but i was glad to have a reason to watch it mm-hmm. I, I like an assignment yeah and what about you alex uh, this is the first time i've watched it too and i was literally like like a quarter into the movie, I was just like, had this flashback to a Halloween party I had in college and that someone dressed up as the crow. So I like went back and like found this picture from like 2014 of me taking a picture with this guy dressed up as the crow. Did he look as hot as Brandon Lee did? <laughs> Not quite as hot. I mean, he looked good, but like he was no Brandon Lee. So I definitely have heard of it for a couple of years, but like kind of had forgotten about it. So it was nice. Watching this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, I do know a little bit about this. So, yeah, I mean, this was like before the internet, really, at least in Wyoming, if not most places. It was 94, mm-hmm. right? Is when it came yeah. out. Yeah. 
And I remember reading all the details about it in, in Entertainment Weekly because I had a subscription to that back in the day when you would get it every week and it was so exciting. It me, was like on me the cover. Too. Yeah. So when I'm watching, I'm just like, oh my God, all I think of is Entertainment Weekly, Entertainment Weekly, and just reading <laughs> uh-huh. all the details there. And you've seen yeah. it many times, Jeremy, or I've seen it many times. This movie, like I saw it as a youngster when it came out or shortly after it was out, you know, in the story, everyone's like, Brandon Lee died while making this movie. So it like carried this like sort of weight. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, this is like a cool, like, this is like if Batman killed people, like this is even, you know, it's a dark superhero movie, like at its core. So of course I was into that. Uh, And then just as time went on, I'd keep revisiting it. And I'd say like uh, late high school, like in my twenties, early twenties, like in college, like that's where it meant the most to me. Cause I think at that point I now connected to like just the vibe and the, like the soundtrack, it's got the cure. It's got Henry Rollins band. It's got nine inch nails. Like, and it's everything I was listening to like all the time. So I was like, this is the perfect movie for me to be into. So yeah, I have, I have quite a history with it. I've not watched it in a very long time, though. So this rewatch felt a little different. So the weird thing is I owned the soundtrack, but I didn't see the movie until this week. Wow. Well, it was a good soundtrack. Like it stood on its own. Yeah, it stood on its own. I want to see the the second or the third one with Kirsten Dunst. Like, I wish she would have been the little girl in this. Don't every. Everything after this one is terrible. Really? Like, okay. They're most of them are very bad. <laughs> like I, I don't think I've seen. What are there like three more movies I think, or something like that? I think that there's three, and then there's a TV series. Yeah, and the TV show is pretty bad too. I so bet. It's like yeah. this, this first one was it. They shot their load and <laughs> just could never recapture it. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it definitely is a product of its time. I knew a girl named Cedar Jones who I was good friends with, and she was obsessed with this movie. And I remember she dressed up that Halloween as the crow, and um, and she had curly hair. It all just worked out so perfectly. And I remember I was a, I had I was a part of some book club, and I ordered her like a book, like memorabilia thing about the crow like so just all these memories were coming back to when i was like 15 14 15 years old when this movie came out and so yeah and i saw it then and i've not seen it since so it's been a long time and i i I think it's decent i don't like Mm -hmm. i don't like love it i wish it leaned into its r rating more i wish it was like a little gorier i wish it was a little bit more extreme in that regard, but that might be, it's 1994, so. I used to love it more too in this rewatch. I was like, this is cornier than I remember. That was the thing, was a lot of the dialogue is now feels corny in a way that I used to think like, those were some fun quips. And now I'm like, oh, this is real, like not that sophisticated, a lot of the jokes they're doing. But you know, it worked for the time. And also predated the Joker. Like, and the Joker feels like it's so that now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like the guys that were dressing up as the crow when this was out, when the Dark Knight came out, they were now dressing up as the Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker, once that hit. And that's like, that's the parallel I saw. I loved the character names. Mm-hmm. What were they? Oh, yeah. Top the- Dollar. Yeah. Like, uh, right. The Fun criminals. Tin. Fun Boy, Tintin. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what was the other? I don't know. But every time they said a character name, I was just like, mm. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Fantastic. And Tony Todd, this was after Candyman, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this was not that long after Candyman. But yeah, Tony Todd, like the man himself as a as another another villain. And uh I love Michael Wincott, I believe is his name. He was top dollar. 
Mm. And he's just got that, like when you pull up his Wikipedia, they're like, Michael Wincott, an actor known for his gravelly voice. And I'm like, that's it. And like his voice, all the lines, these corny lines he delivers, but they sound so good in his voice. Oh yeah, he's got that voice to sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then they talk, the little girl talks about how onions make you fart big time. Do they? <laughs> like that caught me off guard. Cause do they? They do for me. Do they? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I guess I've never get a little personal that. here. I guess we're gonna have a poll. Like, <laughs> listeners, write in. <laughs> do scaring and sharing at gmail.com. Do onions make you fart big time? I had never heard that, quite honestly. So that one caught I'll me by to surprise it. too. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I did like how he formed the relationship with like the cop. Like, I guess. That seems a little like usually it would be like the cops always like just missing him and they're they're not meeting up. And I liked that it sort of happened halfway through and they sort of formed this relationship. I thought that was somewhat interesting. I love that the Agreed. cop was just cool with him, like disappearing all the time. Like, oh, yeah, he does that. <laughs> yeah, that's what, he, that's that's what he does. Oh, Eric, you silly. <laughs> and I never saw him put powder on his face, but that makeup stayed on for the most part. And I got to tell you, from someone who sweats a lot on stage when I had to do drag, it, you must powder. It's something oh, my friend yeah. Richard taught me. You got to powder. Oh, I, yeah. I read, too, in the trivia how they got the makeup the way it was. Was uh, I guess initially they professionally, you know, the makeup people did it on Brandon Lee, uh, and he didn't like it because he thought it just looked it looked too pretty, too okay. nice for the character. Uh, and then so what he did is he would sleep in it. Oh, and then the next day show up on set with it all like messed up now, and that's how they would do it was to get it that that gritty look. Was he would just sleep in it and then get it all messed up. Now, the movie wasn't completed when he died when they were shooting it, but the main scene that they didn't have was him putting on the makeup, right? Like, that is mm-hmm. the, like yeah. the main scene where they used, like, a double. Yep. And digitally did some stuff with his face. Early use of CGI, too, yeah. because they had to put his face on a body double a couple of times. And it's like, watching this, I'm like, I can't tell. Like, I don't notice it off the bat unless I read what scenes they did it in. So, real good use there of early computer graphics. Yeah, I'll say that, like, I had that in my mind, like, the whole head. I was like, I wonder, and I, like, couldn't tell. So, like, it's interesting. That was, like, the one scene, because I was like, he couldn't have just, like, co- like died, like, right at the rap party, you know? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And which, I would think I read the guy who played, what was it? Fun Dog? Fun Top? Fun Boy. Fun Boy. He's the one who shot the gun that yeah, killed him, right? Yeah. And it, like, really fucked him up, as I would imagine it yeah, would Michael. anybody. Michael Massey, I think is his name. Uh, he was also in Seven. Oh, oh. Yeah, for horror people, he he didn't act again until Seven, between oh, wow. from The Crow, and then he did a small appearance in Seven. He's the guy running like the seedy motel. Okay, uh, in the one scene. Yep. With the the apparatus. The With sex the apparatus. apparatus. Yep. The the pre the prelude to that scene. Okay. So. Such a good movie. It's still it's like still good, right? Seven? Has anyone watched it? Like I watched it like just a year ago, and it was still fucked up in like a good way. So I think it's you know, uh, regardless of you know, separate certain actors that are in there. Uh, Spacey's just so creepy now. I mean, like my husband has always hated him from the time I met him. He was just like, I cannot stand him. I don't like watching anything he's in, and now in particular, it's just like gross watching him. Mm-hmm. It's he's hard when like an artist who's done things that you like not even that you like the artist necessarily but you like what they've done and then you learn a little bit and 
It does. It. I mean, it unfortunately, like taints it to a certain degree where you're like, um, mm-hmm. I yeah. still like the thing, but then the person, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can do yeah. it. At least Seven's already a super fucked up movie to begin it's true. with. So it's true. kind of like, <laughs> and you're not supposed to like him. He is like the, yeah. you know, he's the mastermind behind all the the horrible stuff. So it's okay. It all works out in that one. <laughs> but like, I don't think I had seen him before that film. I, but you know what? I'm done talking about Kevin Spacey. I don't want to give him any more of my power. <laughs> yeah, back to Brandon Lee. Now, this is based on a graphic novel or a comic? Yes, yeah, graphic novel. I remember I read them in college, a uh, bunch of, because he did like multiple mini series, I suppose, of The Crow. And I remember reading a bunch of random Crow comics in college. They're pretty cool. Okay. I have a question. Were they set in Detroit? Because I know like this specific one, it being like Devil's Night, and they make a couple like Motor City reference or whatever. Were the comics yeah. set in Detroit? I believe they were in the first one, if I remember. It was just something like the writer had read about. It was like great setting, Devil's Night in Detroit. Like what a heavy setting for this story. Uh, and this movie is probably the list of movies that mention Devil's Night in any regard. This is probably the one that does it the most justice, I think. Yet there's never like any like Detroit skyline, right? No, no, nothing looks okay, like Detroit. No. Detroit does not have gothic architecture like this. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is how you know this was done on a set. Yeah, uh, a lot of it. I. It looks a lot like uh, I kept thinking about Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Cesare. Mm-hmm. Like all the scenes of uh, you know Eric Draven up on the rooftops. I'm like that looks like it's right out of Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. So that must have been German expressionism had to have been a huge influence on this movie. I just thought it was surprising they never just threw in a skyline. At any mm-hmm. point, but they definitely, definitely said like Motor City at some point or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, so it is indeed set here in the Detroit area, but they never, never even shot bothered. it in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out, uh, I almost forgot Ernie Hudson, the cop, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Winston Zedmore yes. of Ghostbusters fame. He is from Michigan as well. So he's from, I can't remember where specifically, but he's a Michigan native, Metro Detroit area native. So, oh, I had no idea. I love him. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. So there you go. I just, I mean, I enjoyed it in a, I don't know, I'm going to watch it all the time kind of capacity. <laughs> But it was, I'm glad I've seen it now. And I'm glad it came out. Like, I mean, it's yeah. a little weird. Like, it's like, should it have come out? But they, like, people said, like, he would have, Brandon Lee would have wanted it to have come out. So that's why they did it. And it was so close. So I don't know. There is, like, a little bit of a weirdness to it in that regard. But I but I think I'm okay with that. I mean, it doesn't matter what I think. It came out, so <laughs> yeah. They didn't like ring me up as a 14 year old and say, Brandy Joe, what do you think? Do you want this to come out? From what I understand, though, too, I think they talked to his girlfriend at the time and, so, and you know, got like the blessings of like people close to him too. the family. Yeah. yeah. So I, I appreciate that they did that and did that little bit of extra. Like, what do you want us to do with this? Like, would would the, you appreciate it? Would he appreciate it? And kind of got that angle on it before just making their own decisions. Mm-hmm. It was kind of crazy, like just coincidentally, because like not even a week before I watched this movie, I heard another story of an actor dying on set because of a like gun, gu- foul, like not foul play, but like something went wrong with the prop guns. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, dang, does this happen more often than I think? Or is this just like the two instances that I've just happened to hear of in the same week? 
Mm-hmm. And it's whenever you use a gun on stage, like a you know a fake prop gun, like it's very specific and like where you're supposed to point it, and you're never supposed to point at the audience. I went to see a show at Stagecrafters last week, and the guy, one of the guys in the show, had a gun, and he repeatedly pointed it right at the audience. And I was like, ah, this is very uncomfortable. Like, don't point that at us. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. just kept doing it. it. Wasn't like one time as an accident. He was just like aiming it right out there, pointing, it. and I'm like, no, no. Don't do that. This is very creepy. Mm-hmm. Of course, the big shame, I think, watching, rewatching now and thinking about it. Uh, of course, his father, Bruce Lee, was poised to explode as a international, like, megastar at the time of his death. Uh, and Brandon Lee, like, this movie should have made him an action star. Like yeah. he had done, I've seen a couple of his movies before this, which were more like cheesy, like straight to video. Uh, he did one called Laser Mission, which was like a spy, like James Bond kind of ripoff, but it's very cheesy. But then this movie had just enough weight, I felt like, that he would have been an action star after this. We would have, because his, his timing's great. He's got good comic timing in this. He's good at the action. Like you would have seen him do more. And it's sad that we didn't get more. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he really is so cute. Oh, He's yeah. Just so yeah. cute. It's a dreamboat. And without this movie, I feel like we wouldn't have had like Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight movies and these much darker, this set the stage for these much darker, mature content mm-hmm. kind of. I definitely thought that last superhero it, of just like Christopher Nolan owes this man some money. Like, <laughs> yes, he, yeah, I'm like, hell yeah, Dark Knight wouldn't have happened without this movie. So, yeah. All right. I mean, it's obvious out of five crows, out of five <laughs> magical crows, how many does everybody give it? We'll start with Jess. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, I'm going to go four. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I enjoyed watching it. And did it Very like good. put like watching it? Did it put like you're from having the soundtrack where you're like, oh, and there's that song. And, oh, <laughs> there's that song I used to love. And I used to drive around listening to that one. Or I mean, is it like you had the soundtrack, but you weren't really like listening to it often? It definitely took me back into that year. Like it definitely took me back into that time of life. So there's a little nostalgia, okay. even though I had not seen the movie previous to this. It mm. definitely had a nostalgic kind of thing going on for me so that's fun it might have upped my you know enjoyment a, a bit but yeah i liked it okay alex what about you i would also give it four crows nice because i i did enjoy it and like i could see myself watching it again it'd have to be like a, a bit but like I could definitely see myself watching again. I had fun watching it. There were some like great, just like little like one-liners in there. Like they're all dead. They just don't know it yet. I thought that was a fun line. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like the uh, the pawn shop uh, owner when he's like shit on me like repeatedly. Yeah. Like oh yeah. So good. So good. And it can't rain all the time yet. It does. Yeah, right. it does. <laughs> Which is it's like how it's raining. been in Detroit the last couple of weeks. I mean, really, this yep. last year there's been so much rain. So they're just super accurate for this year. Yep. <laughs> yep absolutely. I uh in the past I would have rated this like a four, maybe even a four and a half, because oh. of how much I used to love this movie. But revisiting, I'm like, oh, I hasn't like I haven't watched this probably in like uh, I'd say like five to seven years somewhere in there. And I feel like it feels a little cornier watching it this time, but I'm still going to give it a three and a half. Okay. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it three. I'm going below all of you, but it's still. Scare of approval. So you didn't screw us here. No. Nope. Cause we, 
we get a scare of approval with that yep. one. So watch recommended movie. Watch this movie. Recommended. Yeah, if you've not seen it, I would love for you, the listener, to watch it and tell us what you think. Because it, I mean, it is, I feel like, a, a, a classic of sorts for so many reasons. And it mm-hmm. does predate. I mean, just watching, I'm like, oh, my God, everything we know of what the Joker is today because when this came out, the Joker, as I knew him, was Jack Nicholson, which mm-hmm. is not the Crow. But now, how we know the Joker is so the Crow. Like it's just like, yeah, absolutely. They yeah. totally looked at this character design and have just been like aping that ever since. So. Yeah. But yeah, it was fun to rewatch it. It was a good time, and it, it's a horror adjacent. It's one of our adjacent films. Yeah, I feel like it was structured. It's like a superhero movie, but it's structured like a slasher movie because he's like an undead killer that's one by one killing people mm-hmm. instead of dumb teens. It's you know the bad guys he's getting revenge on, but it's still kind of structured like a slasher movie for most of it. Yeah. All right. Well, now we're up in the quality factor, and we're moving on to Devil's Night: Dawn of the Nain Rouge. Directed in 2020 by Sam Logan Kaligi, I'm going to say. A military veteran who returns home works in law enforcement, and she's assigned to a supernatural case that's surrounded by urban myth and legend. Oh, good times. Good this was, times. This was a movie. <laughs> it was. It sure was. Yep. It was a movie. Yep. Um, wow. Wow. It's got... Eminem's half brother in it. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. yeah Nathan he's Mathers. He's, he's the cop with the Detroit tattooed on his neck. Oh. That's Eminem's brother. Who always he's the one that also wore all the Detroit life. life. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Nathan Mathers. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wonder if he went to the um that that fast food opening this past. Yeah. Week if he was out Mom's spaghetti. spaghetti. I hope so. Yeah. Hope Did so. any of you go? No. No. I just like <laughs> saw a news article. Didn't even know it was happening. I'm like. Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. And M was there. Yeah, he was serving. there. Just he was there. He was serving, serving at the window. <laughs> He's Maybe still Nathan hot. was there too. I don't it. know. I think Eminem is so hot. I just love is him. Is he is he technically a daddy now? Or I mean, he's technically been a daddy for a long time. Technically. I know, but like when when does he when does he enter the the designation? He can be my daddy anytime. <laughs> I like I give this a lot of thought every once in a while. I don't think daddy's so much an age as it is an energy. Sure. Energy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does he yeah. have the energy? I don't know. I think he's got daddy energy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's got to be. I mean, he's like an elder statesman of the rap BDE, scene at this point. Big so daddy he's got He's got to have dad energy now, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, was it Limp Biscuit just dropped a new song, Dad Vibes? Oh, my so God. Talk like... about another person I've always thought is so hot. Fred Durst. Oh my Fred God. Fred Durst. Yep. Love now. him. Well, I think he's officially <laughs> declaring himself a daddy at this point. So I just love the bad boy. I think I talked about the last episode, the episode before. I love a bad boy. I have such a crush on them. It's so weird. Weirdo. <laughs> no, I get it. I get uh, it. I'm there with you. <laughs> so this movie was something. You know what else they had in this movie? What? A drone. And they oh used it a lot. <laughs> stop with their drone every shot every other shot i'd say there were some straight up shots but every other shot freaking drone yep. i was like who got their license and needed to show so, it off my my wife sarah watched this one with me wow. and we turned it into a game of calling out drone shot drone <laughs> shot every time there was that's it if you're gonna watch it do it as a drinking drone shot game mm-hmm. and oh, we were yeah. also like i'm pretty sure lake orion is not no. like a crime-ridden hellhole like where is this is it that yeah. close oh, yeah. to detroit uh, i no, don't even know what... it's like an hour it's an hour yeah. away yeah. from the city yeah and i was so confused how their jurisdiction was in the city, but also like back in Lake Orion. 
And <laughs> it was so confusing. <laughs> and I was like, I know I don't know the the layout oh, that well, oh but my that's God. wrong. The scene where we were like, I thought they were in Lake Orion and they come out of the train station downtown. Uh, oh my God. I remember that what? scene because they like go through like 12 buildings in two minutes. Yes. And it's like, yes. I don't know what's yes. happening anymore. Did you yeah. have fun watching it with your wife? I feel like watching it with someone would have been a lot yes. of fun. Because I was like, and I guess the Nan Rouge is just Nightcrawler from X-Men kind of. Like that's oh, what he looked my God. like. I, yeah, I said the Nan Rouge. Is it really Nan Rouge? No, it's Nan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, name Rouge. And, the, name and why was he wearing clothes? He like, I thought he was going to turn out to the be hoodie. someone like a werewolf. He was but, in a hoodie. But he, he was in a hoodie. And I don't think, like, I think there is, like, from your episode, there's definitely some Native American tie-ins, but not, like, with this knife like no. they had in, like, the museum, right? They just oh made God. up a bunch of lore, right? They did not read the story, like, whatsoever at all. They were just like, oh, Native American stuff, that's creepy, which is just... A whole thing on its own and yes there were ties with it because there was like native american if i recall correctly native american legends of a similar creature that like the story got passed down right. essentially but other than that mm -hmm. there was nothing like passed down of it and it wasn't until um uh cadillac came in mm -hmm. and then there was a um psychic lady or something who told him some stuff and then kind of it became born and then everything Bad was blamed on the name Rouge. Like, oh, the the Great Fire of 1805. Well, that's because we have the name Rouge. And so on and so on. But no, there was no knife with a random feather attached to it. Mm -hmm. And like, just not, they did not do their research at all. They were just like, oh, there's a red dwarf thing in Detroit that people are like weird about. And they have a parade every year, which also that parade was in the beginning of the movie. And there was no explanation for why they were running through it. Anywhere in the movie. I yeah. was like, that's going to be the big chase scene at the end, right? Where they're running through the parade to find the name. Also, nope. he has no connection to Devil's Night. And then also, I was starting to think, like, did they just use the name? Because, like, he's kind of a devil and that's what they're doing. But then later a character goes, oh, it's Devil's Night. That's and I'm my like, friend Shane. My friend Shane. That's yeah. how I know of this movie. My friend Shane goes, it's Devil's Night. And he's holding, like, a doll. He's like a tweaker. And I'm yeah. like, I wrote him. I'm like, guess what we're doing on our podcast this week? <laughs> but... Also, this movie's not autumnal or Halloween because it's the night before Halloween is Devil's Night. There's yeah. nothing Halloween <laughs> going on here. <laughs> Looks like the summer, <laughs> like this whole movie. And you're like, what is this? Also, I got a lot going on. Name <laughs> Rouge, like, literally means red dwarf. And he's uh, not and he a just dwarf. looks like a normal sized man. Yep. Like, in a not hoodie. A dwarf at all. In a hoodie. Like, what is happening? With a serpent tongue? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with like a it was or like something. The, uh, oh, the TV like, and series, the, the strain and a devil yeah. tail, like a devil tail coming off of it. And as I recall, that's nothing to do. He's not a like, devil. He's, no. Yeah, he's not a devil. And, and he's, he's just like running around on top of the buildings. Yeah, the the tail was he's wearing like, jeans. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Also, from a film perspective, too. This movie was obsessed with showing us characters walking from one room to another and like leaving all that in there. I'm like in editing, you should cut out like we shouldn't have all this lead time of somebody like walking really like doing the whole walk across a room to another character. And then they start talking like cut all that out. Like not to be rude, but I think that the person who made this movie was just kind of drone was very excited and just kind of like uh -huh. we'll work. We got we'll start with the drone, work everything else around the drone. <laughs> Clearly, there was some money though because they had like a real helicopter. In I th one yes, like, I said that too. I'm like, where did they get this helicopter money? Yeah, which yeah, and and also there's like no character development. People kept walking on screen. I'd be like, oh, who's he? 
who he I mm-hmm. I don't know who this character is. I have no idea. There's no there might be like one line to signify who it is. Like when it was um oh the the brother of her dead friend and they were flirting in the bar, yeah. but he just walked in like we already knew him. And I'm like, uh-huh. we don't I have you're just who are you? Why are you so comfortable? There's no indication of why you're so comfortable together and just something. Give me a nugget. I was also really confused as to like why the Nan Rouge was summoned to begin with when they were like <laughs> explaining it, quote unquote, at the end, where I'm like, wait, I thought the, the sheriff and the priest summoned it. But that plot line just like stopped when they're like, <laughs> we've got a secret. And they kill that lady. And you're like, what was I'm missing <laughs> plot details? It what was, was like the a bad episode of Buffy for a while and then like one of the worst sci-fi movies you've ever seen like and one of the worst law and order episodes I've ever seen (laughs) at times like in the beginning it was like this is not horror at all this is like a police procedural we're watching and not a great one no no a very bad one all the flashback scenes were like 10 minutes long and they didn't need to be like a line or two of dialogue could have covered most of either flashback scene because there was the the war one which in eastern europe and yeah oh my god (laughs) what's happening oh my god and then also even the funeral one it was and again it was to use their drone clearly they wanted to use it at least five (laughs) times in that scene but it was so long and i was like this is not helping whatsoever especially because that like military flashback scene they spend so long they get to her and then just to have her get shot as they're walking back to the helicopter. <laughs> and just like, you spent 10 minutes of my life building up this scene just to have her be shot as she's walking to the helicopter. How dare you? And then yes. like the poster is all like cop cars, a helicopter. Like, it, I feel like it, it's trying to be more of a horror movie, but the poster just makes it look like it's trying to be like Die Hard or something. Like, I'm so confused. Okay, so while I was watching this, I was like, this movie feels like, you guys know the concept of the uncanny valley? Mm-hmm. No, I don't know what Which that is. is. They, they use it with like, uh, in robotics and like CGI and stuff. It's like when something's supposed to look like a human, but it doesn't quite, and okay. it makes you feel really uncomfortable because, you know, like bad CGI or something, you're like, it's supposed to look human, but it looks a little off and that makes me uncomfortable. This movie is like the uncanny valley version of a Zack Snyder movie or of like a Michael Bay movie. Like, you mm-hmm. know, that's what it wants to be, but it's oh, yeah. not quite there. So it feels awkward and off, but like, there's a lot of slow motion, like the Michael Bay tracking shot of like when the, museum curator is like buttoning his coat in slow motion and is doing the sweeping zoom shot like up over him for no reason i know it's shot better than it deserves to be i mean Mm -hmm. uh, drone stuff there's some like pretty shots i'm like oh detroit looks so pretty there but but like it it doesn't deserve it (laughs) the best scenes are the the guy drinking in the cemetery when she's like, put the bottle down, Kyle. That's my favorite line. And then he breaks the bottle on his own daughter's headstone as he walks out. And when the trailer explodes for no reason. Yep. The bottle was a Red Dwarf beer. I don't know if you noticed oh, that. Yeah, I said no, I didn't. I didn't. It. And I was like, oh, okay. they, they're going for it here. Okay, okay. With that trailer scene too, I love it because like, it's like full on daytime when it blows up and then it's like 16 it's hours later, it's still on fire and the firefighters are just standing there. I'm like, 
I don't know what is left in this house to keep this fire going at this point, you know? I, I also like that scene where they're like, all we know is that it was a meth lab. And I'm like, that's a lot to know in the investigation. Like, that's like everything to know in the investigation. Yeah. It explains it. It was utterly ridiculous. And, you know, I know this guy's local. so And he's probably like, oh, someone on a podcast is talking about my movie. And he may be listening. And if he is, I'm so sorry. But it was fun. No, it was fun it to was watch. Fun it to was watch. a fun. Yeah, it was fun yeah. to watch. I don't know if your intent was laughing all the way through. But, like, I... You know, it was it was blast. It was fun to watch. Good for you for wanting to do something and doing it. Good. F- congratulations on that drone yeah. license. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> you made a thing, man. I, I love that fu- journey for you. I've talked about making a million fucking movies and I haven't made one. So, you know, shit on me. But you made one. So that's great. <laughs> All right. So out of five Nain Rouge tales, <laughs> how many do you give it? Alex, we're going to start with you. I'm going to give it two Nain Rouge Tales. I'm giving it wow, two. Uh, Alex. Is that harsh? Wow. Uh, no. <laughs> I think that's very generous. <laughs> Wait <laughs> till you get to me. <laughs> I mean, it was fun. I, I will give it that. But I don't know that I can give it more stars because it was so deliciously bad. Uh, that's why I like. I'm like, it was... Like you said, deliciously bad. Me and Jess watched it together, so that did help. Like watching oh, someone. Fun. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! I gave it two stars because it's not a great movie, but it's a great time with just a friend and some drinks, mm-hmm. just to like look at this shit. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I fully support that. Yeah. I, I didn't. I wasn't shitting on your rating. I was just like, oh wow, no, you, that makes a hundred percent sense. Yes. There's still some entertainment value to it, so I feel like for sure, two tales felt appropriate. <laughs> what about you, Jess? How many Nain Rouge tales do you give it? I mean, my first instinct is to go a little into the negative if that's allowed, but yeah. I am reminded that I had enjoyment watching it. I love to hate things. Sometimes it's just fun. So I'm going to go with a one because I did love to hate it. I am intrigued by the LOPD, Lake Orion, <laughs> or Orion, depending on what part of the movie you're in. Exactly. A police department. And also their love of wearing Detroit life for everything, even oh though they're Lake Orion. They must have been sponsored. Yeah. They must yes. have been. I'm going to give it All a right. half tail. Like a, a half tail oh. that's like still like squirming around, like for sure. I was also going to go half, but I'm bumping it up. Oh. Half a star. Solely for the trailer exploding scene just the setup was amazing the guy looks in the distance like well no first his meth cooking mom that's in there or whatever she looks out the window and is like scared and then it cuts to him on the porch also staring at something and they don't show us what and then he just slowly in slow motion goes into the house closes the door and it explodes i still don't understand what happened and what i was laughing i was laughing so hard at that and so it gets one tail from me which means Throw it on the slash heap. It is a big old pile of trash, but a lot of fun. So watch, watch at your own risk. This is what did people. we say about like the first Ghoulies? This is for the hardcore. Old. <laughs> watch this, and movie. I feel like it's on Amazon Prime or something. I feel like I read that somewhere. It was on so Tubi it be... for free. Oh, okay, yeah, Tubi. I love Tubi. Tubi's great in a pinch. They got some oh, yeah. stuff on there. Tubi. Well, fun. Uh, well, it was so fun to have you all on. Give everyone, tell them how they can find you, where they can find you, when they can find you. If you want them to find you. If you want them to find you. 
Absolutely. Please find us. Like we have our social media accounts at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook. And if you have any spooky stories you want to share with us, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. And we release most Wednesdays, almost every Wednesday, I'd say. Awesome. Well, it is so good to be a part of the same, as I call it, the multiverse with (laughs) the two of you. And thank you so much for coming on our 50th episode. Oh, Thank absolutely. You. This and was congrats. so much fun and great movie picks. I enjoyed watching both of them for very different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Yep. And you can write us at scaringussharing at gmail.com. And. Thank you so much. Tell us ghost stories too. Yeah, we want ghost stories. We want stories yeah, about us- dwarfs with tails that are mm-hmm. wear hoodies. If you've seen the Nain Rouge, we want to know that too. Yeah, yeah. If anyone's seen him, please. Like, I don't think he's been seen in years. So, like, if you found him, we want to know what he's up to these oh, days. Oh, wait. When is the Nain Rouge like festival? It's is that March, right? March. Yeah, it's like March. Yeah, mid March usually. And wait, have mm-hmm. you the two of you? You've been before, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I've been. I think like three or four times. Uh, I've been it's like, like a time. drunken, a drunken good time. Yeah, I mean, it can be anything. You just, like, you wear a costume of whatever you want. There's a lot of really silly, funny ones. There's a whole parade. And then everybody's in the parade. I've never been, but I actually have appropriate (gasps) costuming. You should go. You should go. Next year. Mm -hmm. Is it a dark mall? Is that what his name is? Because it kind of, in this movie, looked like dark mall. Is that what it's called? Darth Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Yeah, I don't watch He's not a Star Wars guy. You know what, though? He does give a speech at the end of the parade every year. There is, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Nain Rouge gives a little speech to like tied everybody over for a year. Oh, mm-hmm. like good. in English or is it yeah. in like some foreign language? No, it's in English. I want it to be in like Dwarvish. <laughs> in front of like... uh, the Masonic. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then there's yeah. a dance party Yeah. One time he was a transformer oh, though, so he changes like form too. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm like Optimus true. Prime yeah. was the. Kind yeah, of. Optimus Prime was up yeah, there. Yeah, kind of. Like Autobots. <laughs> wow. I'm an Rouge now. Well, that's fucking wow. awesome. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. And thank you, everyone out there, for listening out there in the dark. And we hope to see you next week. That's right. And until next time, remember long live the new flesh, death to Videodrome. Hail Paymon. Bye, guys. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.